I'm Hulk Hogan, and I won't be alone tonight when I defend my world championship title against Cowboy Bob Orton, because my main man, Mr. T, brother, is gonna be in my corner. That's right, Hulk, baby. And if that fool, Roddy Roddy Piper, step his nose in the ring, he gonna answer to me. I pity that fool. <laughs> you know, I pity that fool, too. Welcome to the Wrestling House Show. Thank you very much, everybody, for joining us. My name is Joey. My name is Chris. How you doing, Chris? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm glad you're not mad at me for adding a lot of extra work to this <laughs> whole series on, because when we started to do this, I think the initial idea might have been to just review all the pay-per-views and right. super cards. Uh, however, I feel that there were a bunch of add-on shows that WWE and NWA both did at the time that were special events and special enough to where I will consider them as supercards. And I'm referring to mm. the ongoing series of Saturday Night's Main Event as well as Clash of the Champions. Yeah, I think they kind of they they kind of straddle the the middle ground. I think because they're only like about an hour and a half hour and a half aired. I think. Yeah. Um, but so that's about an hour's worth of footage that you watch, and it's not. I mean, I don't really know if I would consider them a supercard, but they're not really a regular show either, especially at the time since it was just like WrestleMania and nothing else. These were like the stuff, the big events that you got to see at the time. Yeah, in in an era of squash matches too, this was a big deal to you know see big names against big names. We take that for granted now. Yeah, that's true. But back in the day, this was a big deal and a special event. So I have a soft spot for both of these kind of series. So I'm adding them to the network watch list that we are ongoing at this at this point. By the time we get finished with this, it's going to be in its tenth glorious year of the WWE. I know, right? I'm sure. Are we ever going to finish? <laughs> I, I, I hope so. Yeah. I we, we always have big ambitions, and yeah. I really want to see this <laughs> one through. But that all being said, before we get into the very first episode of Saturday Night's Main Event, because I feel like we don't have a ton to talk about with it, so I'm going to add a couple of questions and put you on the spot, Chris. Okay. Uh, even though I know you probably were watching a few years after these take place, sort of like myself. Yeah, uh, yeah. At the time, at least in this era, who would you say... Going a channeling back to your childhood, Chris. Yeah. As far as the talent roster that you see from from this era, who would you say at the time? Mm. This is probably an easy question, but what would have been your favorite wrestler at that time? Uh, at this time, probably Hogan. Okay, honestly, um, Hogan and Macho Man. But I know he was just like starting around this time yeah. or in the WWE yeah, sure. at the time. Yeah, he debuted in '85. Yeah, but he so around the time that I started watching Macho Man has always been one of my favorites. I mean. I was a big fan of Hogan, but I was a bigger fan probably of Macho Man. Okay, right on. Uh, and it's Steamboat, Ricky Steamboat too. Well, you know me, I like to ask the tough questions. Yeah. So, but let's get into the Saturday Night's Main Event thing, and I'm excited. Let's do it. So this is the first Saturday Night's Main Event. It aired on May 11th, 1985, taped from the Nassau Coliseum in Uniondale, New York. A hotbed at the time. I mean, New York anyway, but. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's an early Mother's Day. Yeah, yeah, it is because uh, yeah later on there's some Mother Day goings on. But the first matchup is a six man match, pretty fun uh, lineup. It's the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov who were the champs at the time, mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Freddie Blassie and their partner uh, George the Animal Steel mm-hmm. versus Ricky Steamboat, Mike Rotundo, Barry Windham with Captain Lou Albano managing them. Yeah, and. 
George Steele had been previously managed at this point by Captain Lou Albano, so that was the uh, extra intrigue to this match. And now Blassie has, I guess, brainwashed him, if you will, yeah. taken over his career. So will it lead to victory for these crazy, crazy bad guys? Can you brainwash someone that barely has a brain to begin with? <laughs> oh. like, well, come on. That's, <laughs> yeah, his, no, that's his deal. That's his gimmick. I know. That's his gimmick. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I, once I said it, I kind of realized how ridiculous it sounded, but... Uh, <laughs> On both sides here, real solid teams. Yeah. I mean, it's it's that nice get-up contrast. You know, the athletic, uh, quick and young baby faces versus the grizzled, big, beefy uh, uh, heels there. Right. So, and, yeah, and it really, I mean, the, the way the match played out really kind of reflected that. Because it was pretty one-sided. Yeah. It was yeah. a fast match from one side of it. And uh, yeah, it was it was pretty one sided, but it, but it was a good opener. It, yeah, it it was it was fun, and it uh, that whole thing about it being kind of one sided did lead to how the finish went down. Yeah. So there was some crazy things going on, which would actually um, be important for many episodes to come later, from what my memory of it is. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, it's fun. Uh, n- nothing to like say, hey, turn it on right now and watch it. But right. you know. It, if you if you like the series, it's it's not a bad opener for the entire series, in my opinion. Sure, yeah, the whole Saturday Night's main event, yeah, because you got a lot of huge names there. Not the biggest, but yeah. big names that people recognize for sure. Yeah. Super solid mid card at that time. Yeah, so, <laughs> yes. But then after that, before the next match is a Piper's Pit with, uh, of course, Roddy Roddy Piper and his bodyguard uh, Ace Cowboy Bob Orton. And his guest is Mr. Wonderful, Paul Orndorff. Who he has blamed for losing at WrestleMania 1, because we're not yeah. too far removed from WrestleMania 1 yeah. at this point, which is ridiculous when you know what's going on, the fact that Piper would blame Orndorff for the loss when Orton mm. is completely to blame. Right. And, you know, uh, you could blame a whole bunch of other people, and Paul Orndorff's not really one of them, as much as I'm not a fan. Yeah. And uh, you, you're probably happy right now with me at this moment chris that i'm not sitting as uncomfortably close to you right now mm-hmm. as piper was to orndorf yeah he was he, like holding like he put his hand on his leg yeah. at one point i think and he was doing that on purpose to try to knock him off his game and, sure, sure and orndorf is easy to do that he's never really like all there like he no. was not very good in this segment he was just he wouldn't sit down he was like almost naked too he was like wearing just like those little like little short shorts yeah. and like no shirt and then piper's like fully dressed of yeah. course he went with like the Orndorff went with the cheap shots and dumb yeah. things like called him a dunce and yeah. said ladies first when he, when he asked him to sit down because he's wearing his <laughs> yeah. kilt. Thing, yeah, so. I did like how Piper just kind of his crescendo was great because he just basically just kept pointing the finger at him and pointing the finger at yeah. him. And then he basically said, you know, you're just a piece of garbage, really. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just like, yeah. yeah, like, I mean, and that seemed to throw him once again. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was, it was just, it yeah, just made me laugh. Well, yeah, you have Piper kind of tap dancing around it and then getting to it. So there's lots of levels and dynamics in his. And Orndorff is always just at one level. It's just anger. Like, yeah. that's it. That's all he, he, he idles at anger. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, he's he's the wrestling equivalent of too much coffee, man. So. Right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so there you go. And this, this leads to a thing that would go on throughout the year where... Uh, Mr. Wonderful kind of looks like Vince had him in the position of being at least the number three babyface that was on the full-time schedule, at least. Because yeah. it seems like it was like Hogan, JYD, and now we're going to have Orndorff, and then we're going to try to build Orndorff back up, uh, you know, after getting embarrassed at Mania. Yeah. So they're going to make him a babyface. Like I said, I'll say this many times, worst idea 
Probably worst babyface run ever, but yeah. who knew at the time? Right. I mean, I guess Vince should have known how one-dimensional he was, but yeah. this is what they decided to go with. And this was still the era of WWF slash E, where they were kind of experimenting to figure out what worked and what didn't, yeah. so... And, and that was one of the things. I and in a Hogan era, you needed more bad guys than good guys. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it had you to probably be knock off. Since you placed the entire weight of the company on one guy, which yeah. they did, then yeah, like pretty much everybody needs to be be able to be worked into a position where they can face off against him. Yeah. It needs to be probably about 60-40 or maybe yeah. even 65-35. I don't think yeah. that's so outlandish, yeah. but yeah, that's what you do. Because when, you... when, when you're that one-sided and he crushes pretty much everyone he's in the ring with, then yeah. you need more believable guys to step up to him. Exactly. So, all right. But speaking of Hogan, like the oh, next matchup uh, is a WWF title match. The champion, Hulk Hogan, with Mr. T, of course, also kind of fallout from WrestleMania, is defending his title against Ace Cowboy, Bob Orton, with Rowdy Roddy Piper in his corner. Yeah, and, and going back to the beginning of the show, where where you see Hogan and Mr. T do their promo, because after Cindy Lauper talks at the yeah. top of the show, that, yeah. that right away is getting some other people to not turn the channel. Right. They don't see Saturday Night's Main Event, and they're seeing this. Well, yeah. for those that were still left watching Saturday Night Live at that point, that was like one of their worst years ever. Yeah. But they see Cindy Lauper, like, okay, well, this is this is a pop culture thing. Right. You know, so they got that. So the intrigue was there, and after about a minute of a really weird promo with those two, yeah. you turn over and these two guys, Hulk Hogan and Mr. T, that had just recently hosted Siren Out Live a few months ago, mm. very smart to put that in the open. Oh, yeah. That's what you would want to do. So, I mean, I, I definitely give Vince credit for having that, you know, with the show. And this could be a lot of people's first ever wrestling show that they watch because, yeah. of, because of that thing and because of Mr. T and because of Cindy Lauper. Right. That definitely should be pointed out. So, Mr. T is maybe not going to get physical, even though he does have a uh, little run at the end of Piper's Pit to save Paul Orndorff. Right. Still doesn't get physical, but the potential for him to get physical is there because he is in the corner of Hulk Hogan. Correct. Went a long way for that, but (laughs) I thought about that segment when you mentioned it. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, the match was was fine. I mean, I like like Orton. (laughs) Yeah, and I'll say it over and over again. Orton is really fun to watch in retrospect now. Now that I don't hate him, and, you know, I guess maybe over the years it did finally stick with me. They're like, yeah, Orton, he's a he's a tough guy, but that guy can wrestle. Yeah. <laughs> and he can. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was fun. That was fun to watch. And, you know, at least if you're going to give me a Hogan match, especially in, in any era, <laughs> I suppose, mm-hmm. like give me a good opponent at least. Someone, yeah. You know, that, yeah, Orton did a fine job. He, he definitely earned his paycheck that night. <laughs> right. And I think this was, this whole match was a little more like, Still continuing to, because with the outcome of it, uh, which we won't say, we won't spoil it, but um, <laughs> the outcome was just more of kind of continuing the feud between like Hogan and Piper, although it didn't, they kind of went their separate ways after this. Yeah, and I don't know how well they ever paid off a Hogan Orndorff versus Piper and Orton thing, because, yeah. you know, T was in and out. He wasn't full time, obviously. Yeah. And, you know, even though Mr. T boxed Piper at Mania 2. I guess that was the idea is that Hogan needed a partner against those guys whenever right. Mr. T wasn't there. That way you could have it on house shows and, and all this other stuff. So I'm sure they paid it off somewhere at a major house show, but I, I've never seen that match, actually. Right. But, you yeah. know, hey, but that's just the era that we were in at the time. Yeah. <laughs> but moving on, the next uh, segment is uh, another title match. It's a women's title match. Mm-hmm. Uh, the champ, Wendy Richter, versus the fabulous Moolah. But just prior to the match, uh, Moolah is talking to Gene in that weird little... 
a talking area like yeah. just you can see the ring in the background yeah the, the same one that was the, the first wrestlemania yeah not not the, the talent arena. entrance but just an aisle in the right. arena yeah <laughs> it looks like anybody could just walk past at any point just to go to the bathroom or get refreshments yeah. or whatever so <laughs> and uh so moolah with her money sunglasses yeah, and everything trademark, she's decked yeah. out yeah she has like what looks like a scroll of some sort. Yeah. It's like this yellow parchment, like rolled paper, like wrapped and like. It's actually her birth certificate. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but she says that she has, she's tired of all the interference and she's tired of Cindy Lauper sticking her nose in her business. So she went to someone to get Cindy Lauper banned. She never says who it is. No, but no. yeah, I don't think Jack Tunney had been elected president yet at right. that point. So yeah. he just he's just like uh, the invisible Illuminati of the right. WWF title picture, you know. So, so it's this very fake looking document that she has, which <laughs> that never happens. But it has with, to be huge and animated right. enough for people to that's in the cheap seats to see. Hey, she's got something in her hand. Yeah, but still, it looks so, and it's it seems like they were making it up to be like a story thing where it looks fake or something. Like sure. like an official is going to come out and say i didn't sign this and cindy lopper rushes yeah. out to the ring and but that doesn't happen like they get to the ring and cindy lopper comes to the ring with wendy and moolah hands the scroll to the official or the ref and yeah. so cindy lopper's banned from the ring yeah i always wonder whenever they they do things like that with those kind of paper props yeah. if they're trying to if they want to try to make see if the referee will break up while he's reading it write something really rude on it <laughs> yeah i always wonder about that right. i'm sure something like that's I'm going sure, on yeah. <laughs> But uh, the match itself was, eh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. like uh, with me and you know. To be fair, I haven't seen a lot of women's wrestling from this era back. Sure, and you know we've all seen the WrestleMania one match, which is is, is all right. Yeah, it's it's an okay match. Yeah. It's not great. And I, I call it the bathing suit era. We're still in the bathing suit right. era here, which, you know, people like Moolah own. And yeah. and I really, truly believe, even in WWF or what anybody else is doing, AWA can also say this, about 87 is when they started to bring in at least a few that would really help kickstart the evolution. It's a slow evolution. Yeah. But by, like, 87, you're starting to see, like, Sherry, Medusa, yeah. people like that come in and finally... You know, jumping bomb angels. Yeah, uh, just you know, it it took a long time, man. Like yeah. I, I think about that all the time. Like there there was so much they could have done and they didn't do it. Maybe, and maybe maybe also just as far it could be Slim Pickens and some of the oh, talent yeah. pool. You know, as far as like who really wants to do this for a living? Yeah, I'm sure you know, it was. I was can't so... imagine that there were a ton of young girls in. I mean, like the '60s and '70s, and I want to be a wrestler, so yeah. that they would be one by the time the '80s came around. You yeah, know? it's so much different today, and it's, yeah. it's it's a better world because yeah. of it. And it's the... it's because of women like this that that inspired <laughs> the the like the first wave of like the evolution in, yeah. in WWF E at yeah. the time that led to where we are today. Yeah. So I don't want to beat them up, but yeah, it's. Uh, it, this is supposed to be the best wrestling company in the world. It's weird that this is the best. Yeah, supposedly in the world, and it's just kind of yeah. Huh? yeah. And I think at the time they still kind of treated it as kind of a not necessarily like a it was a gimmick. Oh yeah, yeah oh yeah, sure. novelty, whatever you want to call it, yeah. a, a niche. Yeah, and uh, probably, we're completely talking around the match. So. I know, but there's nothing to really be yeah. said in the match. Uh, the Cindy intrigue is really the whole thing in the match. Yeah, and she watches. She doesn't watch in the back dressing right. room. She because it's live. Right. 
air quotes, she's watching in the Mean Gene interview area right. she's, with like two yeah. two little chairs with yeah. a with a with a chair holding up one of the TVs yeah. and you they know, bring out like, a TV basically just off of ringside. So she, she can turn to her left or right or whatever and there's the ring right there. Yeah. She's like maybe like 30, 40 feet from it. You know? it looks like a bad factory like lunch guards. break, you know, right. at the time. Yeah. Like, she's missing a sandwich, you yeah. know, like hey, we, we had a little TV in the break room. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's all. But yeah, so I mean, if nothing else, it was cool that there were two title matches on the first main event ever. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then the main event of the first main event, I guess, well, the last match of the show, yeah. is the Dork. The sorry, I'm saying yeah, the, the Dork of Dorchester. <laughs> yeah. I think he had it right the first yeah, the time. The Duke of Dorchester, uh, <laughs> Pete Doherty versus a junkyard dog with his mom at ringside because yeah. again, this is a pre Mother's Day celebration. Yeah. The, the Duke reminds me of, uh, for those of you that are fans, and this might just be for myself and Chris, but he reminds me of the, the dog in the parallel universe from Red Dwarf. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. He just looks like he has fleas. Yeah. And, like, the moon dogs look more kept than this guy. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't think this is much of a spoiler. Dog pretty much kicks his ass yeah. all over the place. Well, because he, like, stood at ringside a lot and just stared at JYD's mom. <laughs> yeah. He was, like, looking at her, like, Something uh... That... It's like... I mean, they were saying, and this is probably for real, yeah. Junkyard Dog's mom's first trip to New York City, yeah. which I, I once again, I, I believe, believe that. that's got to be the weirdest thing she saw the whole trip was the Duke. Right. Like, that <laughs> right. had to be the scariest person. There's no ho- other homeless people right. that she could have run into that was the, as odd and peculiar yeah. as Pete Doherty. <laughs> right. So, and But the weirdest part of the match for me, as short as it was, was the fact that the dog is like... Like, just kind of torturing the guy, like, yeah. right in front of his mom. Like, right. he's literally got him hanging, like, where he's, like, holding his hair. Yeah. Like, in a hangman's position where his feet is almost on the floor, but he's being pulled by the hair. Right, cause, and he's screaming in pain. Because Doherty was staring at, at J.Y.D.'s mom <laughs> yeah. on the outside. J.Y.D. was on the inside of the ring, and yeah, he grabbed him by the hair and pulled him up yeah. as far as he could to the apron, and he's just standing there screaming. Yeah. And, and it... it I guess maybe the extra odd factor is the fact that she reacted to nothing. Right. You know, not even like a Billy D, Billy D kind of thing. Like, come on, like, kick his ass, kick his ass. Yeah. You know, like, something, give me something. Yeah. She she was so not animated. Like She, she danced a little at the end. I mean, uh, that's not where Dog gets his personality I mean, from, obviously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not trying to beat his mom up, but right. I, guess, I guess the dad is the fun one in that family. So, <laughs> <laughs> apparently. But it's not Father's Day, it's Mother's right. Day. And... Yeah, I, do you think they base the uh, dancing mamas off of uh, off of JYD's mom? You Possibly, know, from yeah. WrestleMania yeah. a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. could be because it's the same dress. Yeah, I think it is. I yeah. thought about the big that. purple dress. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, that's how it started. She like we were talking about how uh, Moolah paved the way. Right. For... Okay. Anyway. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and so that was really the end of the show. Really, yeah. the only other thing was. They had ta- been talking about it throughout the show. Cindy Lauper threw a Mother's Day bash oh, in the yeah. backstage area, and all the people that were on the show, pretty much, even the heels were the heels and baby faces all were in the back, and some of them had their mothers with them, um, including Freddie Blassie, who had a a mother that was about probably less than half his age. Yes, yeah, she was. Uh... She maybe not his mom, but she could have been on Team Mom, mom I guess, mom. at one point. But uh, yeah, but he introduced her as his mother, and Gene yes. wasn't having it. Yeah, and uh, there was there was so much yelling going on whenever Moolah crashed the party right. and started yelling at Cindy Lauper once again. Right, is it? Uh, yeah, Cindy Lauper had her mom there, and 
and yeah. and Mula came in and kind of badmouthed her a bunch. Yeah, and uh, this is interesting. And here's a word you're not going to hear very much in the world of professional wrestling, but whenever Mula doesn't even really catch Cindy's mom's name because you know she doesn't really care, right? But I guess her name was Katrine or Katrina. I don't know. So she called her Katrine. And she said, more like Latrine. Yeah, <laughs> I was yeah, just I like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> like, first of all, there's a few people scratching their heads at home. Right. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah. And second of all, I think that's the only time I've ever heard Latrine in, pro, <laughs> in a pro wrestling telecast. Yeah, bro, I would think that's a pretty good bet to take. Yeah, so. I just like that Mula seemed like she came from her home planet. Like, she's wearing this... <laughs> She's wearing a spaceman outfit. It is, it almost, it's Ace Freely, like yeah. from Kiss. It's, yeah. it's got the, it's black and white. It's all shiny. It's got the big triangle looking shoulder pads that stick out. She, she is from space. I am convinced. Yeah. It looks like, uh, like one of those sketches they make early on before the tour where it's like, right. this is what I'm going to draw up what my costume <laughs> is going to be like. Yeah. And this is like the first draft. Right. And it could have gone either Ace or Gene. Right. And then they just crinkled up the paper, threw it on the floor, and then maybe peed on it. And right. that's what you get from Moolah's outfit here. It's really, it's it's hilarious. It's I mean, great. No, I yeah. love it. Yeah. Fantastic. She, yeah, she's ready for a night on the town with Mean Gene Okerlund, <laughs> right. apparently. Yeah. Mean Gene is always uh, in the middle of her shenanigans. Yeah, feel, so. he, he gets a little bit in the way, and there obviously there's a so there's a mother's day cake there's a big cake for all the mothers in the room and since there's a cake you know that someone's gonna go into it and of course when mula and uh, cindy and wendy all kind of get it into their little scuffle uh gene gets in the middle of it and gene and mula go in the cake yeah gene gets the worst of it by far yeah it's almost like mula trying to dodge it as much as you yeah, can but they finally did she was kind of kind of like physically taken down the floor yeah. get some cake on you damn it right by the way that is cindy's real mom i know for sure because cool. she used to appear in all of her videos yeah. and so i did recognize her cool. and but yeah sorry that was uh that was kind of a add in there yeah but... sure i'm sure a lot of the, the mothers in there were their real moms <laughs> they the, the probably are i'm sure that was hogan's mom too yeah. you know so but yeah it, it's like it's funny they've been doing this for decades now the ominous object in the right. room it doesn't have to be just yeah. backstage it can be in matches exactly it's they... Chekhov's gun if, it, if they show it in the first act it's gonna get used at some point during the show <laughs> yeah. and that's what happens cakes trophies um uh, uh, ominous awards <laughs> yeah um lad- picture frames like a triangle ladder pattern <laughs> like oh know, yeah like yeah the things that get built during oh, a hardcore sure. match yeah the housekeeping stuff or the <laughs> yeah. like construction carpentry yeah it's like i'm gonna put this up and then i'm gonna go walk away from it right i'm gonna bit. build this like intricate thing in the middle or beside the ring but i'm not gonna use it right now i'm just gonna leave it over there yeah and they probably didn't even have to pay for that cake because it's probably from catering no like, sure yeah. they're just paying catering what no, they pay it's them. a big cake yeah I don't know. Anyway, I'm probably overthinking that way too much. So, So before I completely tank the show, Chris, let's uh, do what we do, even when we do the pay-per-views. It's a short show, but let's go ahead and rank the matches. All right, yeah, it's going to be a little bit easier since there there weren't as many. And you could probably kind of tell by how we were talking about them how we're going to rank these. At the bottom of the barrel for us was the match between the Duke of Dorchester. That's hard for me to say for some reason. The Duke of Dorchester, Pete Doherty versus Junkyard Dog. Uh, coming in just above that was the women's title match, Fabulous Moolah versus Wendy Richter. Um, coming in considerably above that is the opening six-man, the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov and George the Animal Steel. Thank you for adding considerably. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. a big gap there. For oh, sure. yeah, yeah. Versus Ricky Steamboat, Mike Rotundo, and Barry Windham. Yes. And then coming in at the top, just a little bit above that six-man, is the WWF title match. Hulk Hogan defending his title against Bob Orton. Yeah. Sounds good to me. All right. And, we'll, yeah, we'll keep doing this on every Supercard, Main Event, Clash, Pay-Per-View. We'll rank every match. Yeah. And let you know if it's worth your while yeah. to dial up the network and check it out or not. So on this show... For this one, yeah, I don't know that I would necessarily go out of your way to watch anything on this one. Yeah, I don't know. Unless you just want to see one of the weirdest outfits of all time. Yeah, skip to the end. Skip to the last ten minutes of it just to see the, the space lady. Yeah. And other than that, you can probably skip this one. Yes. All right. No beam at the end to call her back to uh-huh. her home planet. <laughs> And for those of you out there, let us know how you feel about Saturday Night's main event just as a whole, or if you actually watch this first show live. I'd be interested yeah. to hear from someone like that. So, Chris, how can they do that? Yes, if you go against our better advice and do watch this show, then please go to our Facebook and send us a message. That's where you will contact us the quickest. And you can find our Facebook link from the cnjradio.com website. All right, everybody, we'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bad, bad principle. Beat, annihilate, and destroy. destroy.